Today's reading is from Mark chapter 13. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large building? Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all of these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus said to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in your name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom will against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. But in those days, after suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be fallen from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, for the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things take place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But on that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know where the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, and what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thanks, Greg. I took a road trip last weekend down Highway 35 with family in Kansas City and my former employer headquartered in Des Moines. It's a route I know well. I know the patch of woods between highway lanes near Owatonna, and Randy and I anticipate the rest stop near Hope, Minnesota, the one that has the bridge and the cement pillars that make a good obstacle course when you need to burn off excessive kid energy. I anticipate the peppering of windmills, and when we see the Barilla Pasta Factory, I know I have made it to Ames. You have similar landmarks on your trips. Maybe it's to the lake or to your grandma and grandpa's house. There are also other kinds of landmarks, too. The ones we are expected to construct on our own life's journey. You know, 
and for some reason I'm getting all of these articles popping up online, the 10 things you must experience before you turn 50. They must obviously know where I'm at. <laughs> and those lists usually make me feel less than adequate as I read about all the things that I should have experienced thus far in life. And then there are the benchmarks we dream and expect our families to construct, like making sure you're potty trained by age three, riding a bike without training wheels before kindergarten, a trip to Walt Disney World, getting asked out to prom, getting a job right out of college, getting married before you're 40. Think about it for a moment. Even before we are born, our lives are filled with expected stops or experiences. But what happens when those landmarks don't happen in the order in which you expect them, or when they don't happen at all? Do we ever sit down and say, there's a fairly good chance you're not going to make the baseball team? or make the A honor roll. It's highly unlikely that you're gonna get into the college of your choice, and statistics say that there's a 50% chance your marriage is going to end in divorce. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer, and it's likely for all of us that at some point in our lives, we will experience the signs of depression and anxiety. This chunk of scripture in Mark that Greg just read is called the mini-apocalypse, and I don't need to tell you that it's not sunshine and unicorns. Some have used it to predict the end of the world, and I'm sure we have all heard or read versions of someone's interpretation of the landmarks in the last days, those things we should be noting to make sure we can predict the end of time. Jesus lays out a pretty good list here. Wars, eclipses, earthquakes, famines, the breakdown of families. Jesus speaks to the marks of destruction and defeat and tells us we can expect these things in this life. When he looks at this magnificent temple in Jerusalem, the holy place of God, Jesus says, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. They all will be torn down. Now the promise that's really tucked within all the doom and gloom is that God cannot be fixed into one place or one way. God both moves and he remains what Jesus is so desperately trying to teach the disciples is that the temple and the grand reverence structures are not the sole places that you will find God. God has come in flesh and blood, and with that, Jesus himself is the place where God will be found. And that is why every step in action that Jesus took in his ministry was to cross a boundary of where people would expect God to go or God to be. Now, when you're looking at a beautiful, huge, grand, amazing building, it's difficult to imagine anything else. 
But imagine the significance of Jesus' words when God's people are looking at that same temple now destroyed, and they're trying to imagine a way forward. A message emerges then, one of hope and solidarity that God's presence is greater than structures or places of glory. He will be found in the unexpected things of this life, the unforeseen landmarks, the smoke and the ash, and even in the current pain. Jesus is pointing to this anticipated future that is given to us to help us hold on. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, but my words shall not pass away. I wonder about the expectations that we have for life and also about our faith. We want our kids to do certain things in the church, like be baptized and confirmed. And all of us, parents and godparents, but all of us promise to bring kids to church, to teach them about the Bible, to memorize the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments, and the Lord's Prayer. And of course, important stuff. Jesus proclaims today that God will also be found in the unscripted experiences of life. When the bottom falls out, and he tells us today, expect those things to happen. The cross did not make for a suffering-free life, but it gave us a landmark for us to cling through that admits the devastation and the unmet expectations and the less than we had hoped for times. God's presence and love will endure and emerge from that place. There was an article in the Star Tribune that someone shared with me about a recent survey about how Catholic youth are leaving the church. The data found that the median age for kids leaving the church was 13 years old. So that means even if their parents continue to make them go to church, in their minds, they're already gone. One in five young Catholics left the church, cited a lack of faith was the reason that they left. Another 16% said family experienced shaped their misgivings, divorce, death, illness, and perceived hypocrisy were cited. About a third said they're done joining churches. Yet nearly half said they were searching for some kind of spiritual practice in tune with their beliefs. Lest we get too confident, I'm sure the same can be said for us as Lutherans. An insight from a Catholic religion teacher on this survey, she said, it's about time we start listening to kids' stories by understanding why they are feeling this way. That is the only way that the church can respond. End of quote. You see, the incongruent experiences, the pitfall, the pain, the hardship needs to be named as landmarks and touchstones of this life of faith and then to proclaim that that is where God always promises to be. 
Jesus' words in this chunk of scripture are the last teaching before his entry into Jerusalem, which we know will lead to his death. I wonder if the hope of the church, I wonder if being community is about being able to share our stories, not just of everyday things or surface conversations, but to talk about the stories that have changed us. I've mentioned this before, but over these last weeks of Lent on Wednesday night, Mount Olivet members have been sharing their stories of times of transition or challenge. And what has come through as I listen to each of the story is how those moments of remembering, of community, of naming a providence that comes when they least expected it, of the really difficult times of their life have then become the landmarks to anchor them and to allow them to go back and remember the love and the care that was there for them. It is then a beacon of life that continues to light their way in uncertain times. God is here in this church building and also abundant in every place in this world. And each week, though, we come here to be reminded of what Jesus teaches us today. Jesus' word and a sip of wine and a chunk of bread are landmarks for us of God's presence given for you. Wherever you are and whatever you encounter or experience then is the beginning of these birth pains. God has broken in and promises to envelop you with mercy and presence and to bring people to accompany you and bring forth life from that place. I want you to think about today a defining moment in your life. Is there something, as you look back, you think, how did I get through that? Is there a time in your life that you felt God had to be there and a part of this because I would never have been able to do that on my own? Oftentimes, this takes some thinking back because those thoughts don't come right away. Or maybe today, you're right in the middle of that, in that place of uncertainty or pain right now, wondering what is yet to come. What is that moment for you? Have you ever considered that that experience, whether it's in the past or current, is a landmark moment for you? one that is meant to guide your way forward to remind you that God has not abandoned you or this life. And tucked within that time is a promise given to help you move ahead. Stay alert to those moments. Don't forget those moments. These are the stories that change us and the ones that are meant to be shared. May we be a community that does just that. Amen.